1: Hello New York Giants fans and welcome to our show here. Welcome to our listeners on the Big Blue View Radio Network to the Valentine's Views Podcast and to our viewers here on YouTube as we talk about the uh, New York Giants latest debacle. A 38-11 to loss on Sunday to the Los Angeles Rams. Which I said to my wife last night wasn't even as competitive as the final score indicated. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, so we'll talk about that. Ed Valentine and Emily Iannacone of Big Blue View here to, uh, to break it all down and commiserate about how miserable the Giants season is turning out. Em, how you doing? Have you, have you recovered from, (laughs) from this latest, uh, misadventure by the Giants?
2: Misadventure is a very good word for it. Not, not quite yet, but I'm hoping that talking through it will, will help a little bit.
1: Well, I, I don't know. You know, is this, is, I, I suppose this turns into a therapy session. So it is what it is.
2: That's really right. why we do this every Monday.
1: Sure, sure. You know, we, we, we might just as well. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, we have to start here and. You know, before we get into breaking down where the Giants go from here and how miserable it was, I know you were sitting in the stands yesterday, as you do every time there's a uh, there's a Giants home game, yeah. and it couldn't have been pleasant. I think the stadium was maybe half full to begin with. Mm-hmm. There was hardly anybody left at at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and, and and you got home, and I asked you to write the Leonard Williams story, and. I sat and I listened to Leonard Williams speak last night and and I was incredulous that Williams sat there and basically, you know, basically ripped into fans for booing the giants who just got embarrassed. Haven't won a home game this year, have the worst record in football since 2017. Mm -hmm. And, have given fans who pay a lot of money as you well know um absolutely nothing to feel good about i mean what recourse do fans have other than either booing or not showing up so i mean just quickly we start there i mean you know your, your thoughts on uh on leonard williams
2: right I, as someone who was at the game yesterday, I I didn't hear. You know, my my dad told me on the way home that he heard Leonard Williams on the radio speaking. I didn't hear it until I got home, and so I I spent the train ride processing what had just happened, processing just how low the whole game was as a whole. And then I listened to the Leonard Williams audio that you sent me, and it really incredulous is is a great word for it. I I was shocked. I was shocked to hear it. He, you know, he says, I don't want to be hearing boos from our own fans. He, he says, they do bother me honestly. And then the line that, that really, that really kind of got me is when he, when he says, it doesn't matter what I think I go out there and play football. I don't sit in the stand, so I can't see it from their perspective. And I was like, that's very, that's very hard to process. I, as just a human being in general, I think you should be able to put yourself in other people's shoes from time to time. Like you said, the Giants record at home since 2017, they've won nine home games. I mean, people have, have a right to be upset. I go every Sunday because I see my family every, every time. And that's really, that's really why we do it. We kept looking at each other yesterday and saying, well, at least it's a nice day out. And my my cousin left in the second half. I don't blame him at all.
1: And then... That's that's usually what I say when I'm in the middle of a bad round of golf.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. At least I'm outside and it's not raining or it's not cold. But like Mm -hmm. you said, the stadium already yesterday was not full, was not full when the game started. And it has still been nice out. So as it gets colder and colder up here in New York, I... You know, I think Williams won't have to worry about the booze because there'll be empty seats.
1: I can't imagine that there's going to be a lot of people, you know, in the stands next Sunday, you know, when the Giants play the Panthers and Mm -hmm. what is it, week, week 11, something like that, when the Giants honor Michael Strahan. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in the, I think it's against the Eagles and, and, and I feel bad for Strahan almost because Because he's going to get booed at his own ceremony because the stadium is going to be three quarters filled with Eagles fans. So I I just, I feel awful for the guy because it's just, it's come to that, you know, six games into the season already.
2: Philadelphia especially is a tough, tough game to be honoring someone like Michael Strahan. I mean, if the Giants were playing well, then... He's your guy. He's going to fire everyone up and it'll, it'll just electrify the crowd. But I think by that point, the way the season is going, I don't really see that being a very, very interesting game. I mean, even, even the Eagles managed to beat, beat the Panthers last week and they, they lost to Tampa on Thursday night, but that was, that was to be expected. I and mean, even the Eagles, my point, look better than the Giants do. And so by week 11, I, I see that trending the same direction. And it is a shame. And, you know, during halftime yesterday, they, they had the 10th year anniversary and they honored the 2011 team. And even that was kind of, it was just kind of a weird feeling to see all of these players walk out and then, you know, all these players that you recognize and then you see Eli and Coughlin at the end of, of the long row of people and they're carrying the trophy. And it, it was almost sad thinking about how far removed we felt from that and mm-hmm. you know, there's no sign of John Mara anywhere like it was it was just an interesting um halftime ceremony it was like, joyous but but not at the same time
1: if I was John Mara I wouldn't have gone down on the field either to be honest with you I just yeah. he got booed the last time he was on the field and it would have been worse mm-hmm. this time and mm-hmm. and I just don't blame him and you know the the one thing that I wrote, on sunday and and i will admit that i was in a mood i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i i can't sit in the press box and continue to watch this this awful awful you know football week after week after week mm-hmm. and 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 listen to joe talk about listen to joe judge talk about well it's about week to week progress and it's about getting better and on, and on and on and on and next man up and all that stuff hello Joe you're seven and 15 Mm -hmm. in 22 games you're you've been outscored I think 82 to 31 in the last two weeks I think you've been outscored 68 to 30 something in three games at home you're terrible there are no signs of progress there are no signs of week-to-week improvement Mm -hmm. and I I Threw in a line in one of my stories last night that said, you know, watching the 2011 team, I said, you know, at least there was one good Giants team in the stadium. That was clever. (laughs) I I I try once in a while, you know. It's like it's like week after week, you just yeah you see this. I've been I've been writing about bad football for most of the last decade, Mm -hmm. and, and at some point you have to get creative and have a little fun with it, I suppose. For
2: sure. No, for
1: but sure. The the critical question of the day, though, Em. The critical question of the day when it comes to Leonard Williams.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Were you booing?
2: <laughs> I was not outwardly booing. Um, I outwardly was not, booing. I.
1: <laughs> internally booing.
2: <laughs> I suppose. I suppose it was a bit more internal. I. I, I, I mean, I just left. I think at that point when all of the fans started booing was really at the end of the third quarter when, you know, it, it just became clearer and clearer that this game was it was out of hand. And that's, I
1: did write down in my notes, Em, I did write down in my notes that the booing started in the second quarter.
2: OK, OK, the booing OK,
1: started in the second quarter.
2: I see so, you corrected. When
1: when when did you leave? When did you guys when did you head for the exits?
2: I headed toward the exits at, at the end of the third quarter. Yeah.
1: Which is probably about the time that Daniel Jones should have headed for the bench. Yes. And and I, you know, I I, I fail to understand what Joe Judge was doing leaving Daniel Jones in that game to simply do nothing but take a beating. He said, after the game, you said, I understood the flow of the game and we're going to compete for 60 minutes. That's but, terrible. but I'm sorry, Joe, you have 12 more games to play. You're just getting your quarterback beat up. You're lessening your chances to do anything in those 12 games mm-hmm. by increasing the possibility that, that, your offensive line which was playing its worst game of the year right. is going to get this quarterback broken
2: right right
1: I, I didn't understand that at all
2: no no and we said last week that the offensive line has all things considered really managed to step up considering this
1: until until sunday it had i mean at least pass right. blocking wise it had but sunday was awful right.
2: Right. Sunday, Sunday was, Sunday was terrible. And by the end of the game, you know, Judge had taken out at least two of the starting linemen and, and Jones was still in. And I believe that the Giants called for Jones to sneak the ball twice in the game on, you know, on the fourth and one and on another play. And it, it was just, it was just confusing. I already was a little hesitant going into the game knowing you have Aaron Donald on the other side. That's scary on a good day. And Jones was full clear, ready to go, because he, we saw him look shaky standing up last week. And I'm, you know, thinking long term. I, if I was already uncertain about this decision in a game where the Giants realistically already had very low chances of winning, and then with the as the game progressed, with taking out some of these starting linemen, just some of the play calls, I just felt like Jones's health was not, not a priority whatsoever
1: yeah you know i looked at it and once he was cleared by the nfl's independent neurologist he was going to play that's Mm -hmm. you know that's the way that it is if the nfl says he's cleared if the nfl says he's through the concussion the guy's gonna play Mm -hmm. but at some point at some point Get him out of there for his own safety. There's just no point in leaving the guy in there to do nothing but take a beating when it's 38 to three. I mean, what are you proving? And what is this macho? We're going to compete for 60 minutes nonsense. The game is over and you're putting your, you're putting your best quarterback. You're putting the, the guy you're trying to build your franchise around. You're putting him at risk. And I, I just don't get it.
2: Right. He judge said after the game, we're going to compete for 60 minutes. He also said he talked about his halftime speech and he said a lot about I wanted to see who was going to finish the game and I wanted to see what type of fight some of these guys had left. And I think it is language like that that can actually be really harmful for a team. Because we also heard it echoed in Leonard Williams post game comments too. He kept saying things like, we, we finished the game. I'm really proud of the fight these guys have. And I'm listening like there, this wasn't fight. This doesn't really count as, as fight. There's a way to do that in a, that is strategic and that is actually working towards a goal. And I think Judge kind of promoted that language about competing for 60 minutes. But that involves competing for 60 minutes in a smart way and keeping Jones in for that entire game, knowing how the rest of the season is going to go, which now to me really becomes a season about evaluating Daniel Jones and his, and his future in New York. This isn't really a season in which the Giants are trying to make a playoff push. This is about evaluating Jones. So let's eventually you have to kind of restructure your priorities and realize that fighting is also a, long-term goal it's not going to happen in these 60 minutes on this field anymore and I just feel like he pushed something that was wasn't necessary yesterday
1: well I think you know as we talk about it Joe Judge is not the first NFL coach to make a decision or make a mistake like this and you know the issue becomes not just judge, but NFL coaches in general, at some point you have to be willing to admit defeat. You have to be willing to, to see the big picture. You have to be willing to see the risk that you're taking. You have to be willing to see next week, next month, next year, where are you going and what are you trying to accomplish? Not this macho. We're going to fight for 60 minutes Who are you fighting against? You're fighting against the Rams backups. Right. What's the point? You're fighting against the Rams backups and you still can't block them. And your quarterback is still taking hits. And, and it just, it wasn't necessary. And I have been a Joe judge supporter, you know, all of last year, I was a Joe judge supporter. I still believe Joe can be a quality head coach. And yet, I really, really think that Joe needs to really look in the mirror and really examine some of what's going on with this football team and some of his own culpability in it mm-hmm. and i'm I'm beginning to wonder if Joe is the long term answer i you know i i I don't want to go there because the Giants have they they got less than two years out of Ben McAdoo. Right. They got two years out of Pat Shermer. Mm-hmm. You can't go anywhere. You can't continue to recycle head coaches every two years mm-hmm. and eventually, you know, turn something into a winning, sustainable program. You just can't do it. I don't want this to get to the point where, where the Giants are convinced that, that they have to not only remove Dave Gettleman, who I'm not even sure that's worth talking about because, because there's, there's really at this point, there's no chance under the sun that Dave Gettleman can be the Giants general manager beyond the end of this season. There's just no chance. And whether you have to sweep Judge out with him, you know, I don't want to see that. I think that Joe can be a good head coach. I just really think that Joe needs to look in the mirror and, and, and honestly assess, you know, his own, his own role Mm -hmm. in the mess that the Giants are right now.
2: Right. Right. I, I can, I completely agree. Talking about Gettleman for longer than 30 seconds is really not even worth our time because he, that's obvious. That is obvious. And like I said, I think the the rest of the season is about evaluating Jones and also evaluating judge now, Because it it does seem crazy that the Giants would fire their third head coach in two years. And it's just, it's particularly sad after seeing, you know, Tom Coughlin at the stadium yesterday. It's, It's just, it's sad that we lack that same stability and consistency and leadership. We haven't really seen that in what feels like a very long time in New York. So I think it does become about evaluating Judge, who's, personality and mindset is also something that I was really attracted to in the beginning as well I felt like he was kind of fighting for the fans in New York I felt like he uh was tough and willing to really really work but I agree that in his post-game comments it's it's so much about a silver lining and it's it's so much about this you know finishing the game in the 60 minutes and i in some ways it's i I agree with you i would I'd almost feel better if he was up there at the podium and said something more along the lines of like this is this is my fault, this is my responsibility, and we have to figure out how to turn it around.
1: you know it's funny that you mentioned Coughlin because as you were talking about that, Tom Coughlin every single time that the Giants lost. Every single time, and it happened more and more regularly, you know, toward the end of his coaching career with the Giants, every single time he would stand up there and say, this is my fault. Mm -hmm. This is on me. Mm -hmm. Whether that's true or not, whether, you know, whatever it is, Tom Coughlin stood up there and accepted responsibility. Eli Manning stood up there, whether mistakes and interceptions and fumbles and blowouts and everything were his responsibility or not. He stood up there and said, this offensive performance is on me. He said, that interception is my fault, whether a receiver fell down or ran the wrong route or whatever. Okay. And, and I just don't see that kind of accountability. The first thing Joe says every single time is, It wasn't good enough, but there were things to build on. I saw signs of improvement, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I just can't, I can't take it anymore. Just Mm -hmm. once stand up there and say, this is my fault. This Mm -hmm. is not acceptable. You know, we have to do better. The, you know, the players are not performing well enough, you know, and, and just express some frustration the thing that the thing that bothers me is like a couple of weeks ago joe as he got down from the podium he kind of looked at everybody and i think the giants were oh and three at that point and he said we're gonna be all right it's all right we're okay no joe you're not okay you're you're now one in five your season is lost you know pretty much as far as wins and losses nothing matter the rest of the way mm-hmm. what matters is as you said I'm evaluating Daniel Jones and evaluating players to keep and not keep and, and it's just sad that that you know we're we're not even into November yeah. and and here we are again right so I just I just want to see Joe just once stand up there and not sort of as you said look for the silver lining and Mm -hmm. oh it's okay we'll come back we'll make some progress we'll check the film we've got a lot more opportunities you know for crying out loud at least sound like it matters sound like it like you recognize the fact that your season is blown up already
2: right I actually this makes me think a lot of Lions head coach Dan Campbell, who cried last week after the Lions fell to 0 and 5 on, on the season. And he cried, which is, which is wild. Obviously made headlines and, and is, is really unexpected in so many countless ways. But I, I can't help but think about it because it's a vulnerability that we really do not see from judge he has such a hard exterior that i think with if maybe with a stronger team a you know a more grounded team would work would would really emphasize this this you know this need he feels to fight through 60 minutes and to work hard the entire entire game maybe that works eventually but right now this hard exterior kind of eliminates any, like you said, any accountability. There's no one standing up there and taking responsibility. And I think that trickles down. I think you hear that in the post game quotes from other players. I think you hear that in Leonard Williams being mad at fans for booing. Even Daniel Jones, who really never says a lot of anything, you know, in his post game press conferences and any press, in any press conference, it's, it's a lot of platitudes. You know, I understand that he can't go up there and he's not going to say anything that's really headline worthy. I understand why he does that, but there's still a lack of accountability all around and a lack of feeling like, just like you care about it. And I just think obviously we, you know, I, it would stun me to see Joe judge crying at the podium, but at least, you know, Dan Campbell cares a lot. And I, you know, I believe that Joe judge does somewhere but we we don't see it and we're not going to see it in platitudes either we we need some some real answers some real accountability and maybe even some real vulnerability
1: i mean obviously obviously joe cares and and you know a post-game tirade isn't going to change the results and all of that i just i just at some point you have to recognize that 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 talking about improvement and talking about getting better and talking about going back to the film and all of those things are at some point it becomes just words. And at some point it's just not good enough. And at some point, at some point it begins to damage your own credibility. Mm -hmm. And, and and that's, and that's the problem is I think we're Mm -hmm. at a point with Joe where, where, If something doesn't change, he's beginning to damage his own credibility.
2: Right. Right. I, I think so too. Cause he is, at the end of the day, he still is a first year head coach. This is the, not first year, first time. Excuse me. So this is, this is the first time he's doing this. And so while, you know, John Mara spoke highly of him and while he comes from a Sabin Belichick tree and there's lots of reasons to be hopeful, I agree with you. I don't think that Joe Judge can't do this. I, he needs to accept that, but he also has things to learn about it too. Like anyone who does something for the first time and and that's okay. We just aren't really seeing a lot of that. And I, I mean, this, the, these giants have also been completely riddled by injuries that hasn't helped at all. I mean, Kadarius Tony was in the play, in the game for like eight plays I think yesterday and then he was gone. It's, it's, It has been a difficult season already, and I and I and I give him that. Everyone gets bitten by the injury bug and it's it's the Giants. But I don't know, there just there hasn't been much much to hope for. I feel like once, you know, once we got to the second, third quarters yesterday, it just became it was just no longer a game. Jones started to look like his old self with the two fumbles and the three interceptions. It just And it's alarming because you wonder, can he consistently be a franchise quarterback? He looked really good against the Saints, a little shaky against the Cowboys before getting injured, and then really fell back this past week. And so there's just a lack of consistency across the board, even in the players who are healthy. That makes it difficult for any team to win right now.
0: Vacations can be tricky. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is
0: only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Injuries, M. you know, we have to talk about that a little bit. Injuries are obviously part of what's going on with the Giants. No team can lose a star running back like Saquon Barkley, a star wide receiver like Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. another star receiver like Kadarius Tony, um, their best offensive lineman in Andrew Thomas, mm-hmm. two other starting offensive linemen in you know Nick Gates and and Shane Lemieux couple of other complementary, you know depth players who were playing snaps and, and being useful to the Giants in you know rookie cornerback Rodarius Williams and and yesterday in uh, you know kickoff returner and wide receiver you know CJ Board no team can lose players at that rate and not be affected by that and not have their performance drop off but when I look at this team, that doesn't excuse looking like you had no plan once Kadarius Toney got hurt, looking like the only plan of the day was to throw the ball to Kadarius Toney because mm-hmm. they, he played six plays. They threw him the ball three times. Once he went out of the game, they had looked like they had no plan. Mm-hmm. The fact that Blake Martinez is out for the year doesn't excuse the fact. That a secondary that was supposed to be really good right. can't cover anybody. They can't play man-to-man defense. They look like they have no idea where they're going or what their responsibilities are when they're in zone. Mm-hmm. You have you have linebackers out there wide, you know, lined up one-on-one in coverage on running backs. You have Jabril Peppers, who should probably be a linebacker trying to cover Cooper Cup in the mm-hmm. slot. You know, who's one of the best slot receivers in the game? Mm -hmm. You know, that's never going to work. You have Xavier McKinney who made a couple of interceptions yesterday. Granted, (laughs) unfortunately, neither one of them had any impact on the game because one was in the fourth quarter and the other one was the last play of the first half.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You have Xavier McKinney playing deep safety lined up 25 yards off the ball, which Mm -hmm. means you're basically playing 10 on 11. You know, how does, how does, how does a guy make plays when he's lined up 25 yards off the ball? You know, the, the injuries don't excuse the way that the personnel is being used. It doesn't excuse two quarterback sneaks with a guy who just came off a concussion, Mm -hmm. who's staring at Aaron Donald across the line of scrimmage. It doesn't excuse a decision to go for a fourth down on your own 41 yard line when you've refused all season long to go for fourth and shorts inside an opponent's 40. You know it doesn't excuse a, a third down running play, a third and third and short running play when you can't block where you again run the ball straight up the middle at Aaron Donald, who's a future Hall of Famer. It it doesn't excuse. Some of the way that this personnel is being used and some of the some of the dreadful mistakes that, that, that the Giants make and the fact that they're just that they just look like you know, they're just throwing darts at the wall every week and and, and don't really have a plan.
2: Right. I think that injuries are something that no team obviously can control. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about that. But like you said, there are other things you can control. You can control the play calling, and you can control players' preparation. Obviously, all of the injuries have exposed the lack of depth on this Giants team, which is something that, especially on the offensive line, we were worried already worried about going into the season. The secondary is is much more confusing, though. That was supposed to be – the strong our, our strongest unit arguably and that and that has not been the case whatsoever. I right? so there's a lot there's a lot of reason still that this team could have like small glimmers of success or just small positive things that are going the right direction. And that and that still just has not has not been the case. It's it's a decision making, it's a play calling thing You know, you gotta control the controllables and it just, it just feels like even the decisions the Giants coaching staff has had the ability to make have, have just been kind of, kind of confusing.
1: It's a use of personnel thing too. I was sitting next to Patty Traina in the press box yesterday, Em, and I know you, you know Patty pretty well. And, and one of the things we were talking about is, look, when Xavier McKinney, for example, who I mentioned last, you know, who I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, Xavier McKinney, when he came back last year, when he played well at the end of the season, Mm -hmm. okay, what did the Giants do? They had Logan Ryan play the deep safety. They moved Xavier McKinney down, played Xavier McKinney in the slot. They had Jabril Peppers, when he was healthy, playing a lot of pseudo linebacker Mm -hmm. type deal. Have we seen that yet this year? We haven't seen that at all. Why are players not being utilized in ways that we know that they've been successful? Um, you know, I looked at, I looked at, at Leonard Williams and we picked on Williams a little bit. (laughs) But if you go and you look at pro football focus, you look at the snaps played category. You look at what the Giants did with Leonard Williams last year. He moved all over the line. He was on the right side. He was on the left side. He played both ends. He moved all over the line. He has been stationed almost consistently in the same spot all season. He's been at that right defensive end, play after play after play, and which means you're not using – one of his best assets which is his versatility and his ability to move around and you're not doing the best you can do to create those matchups and you know we're picking on the defense too you know here but but it also it also you know goes to the offense as well Uh, you know we talked about some of those play calls I just feel like I thought this was a really good coaching staff a year ago. I was really, really optimistic about this group that Joe Judge had put together. I'm just shaking my head this year, you know, going, you know, what is going on? Why are they not using the personnel that they have in ways where that we where we've seen them succeed in the past? I just I I don't get it.
2: Mhm. Yeah, it's very, it's very confusing and it's, it's, it's easier to judge the offense because of all of the injuries. The defense, I think, is, is even more puzzling though, because they essentially returned all of the same guys. Leonard Williams says that after the game. He's like, these are the same guys as last year. You know, I shouldn't compare it to last year, but these are the same guys. And it's Patrick Graham's second year as the defensive coordinator. You just think. That would be stronger, and and you're right. It's it's surprising that they're not applying just these same – they're not taking advantage of players' versatility, which is really so much of the reason why you keep players on the roster is for situations like this where you need people to step up. Obviously, Blake Martinez is a huge blow to the defense, but other than that, it looks – It looks really similar to last year. And that was our strong, it was strong. It was actually, it actually kept us in games. It was our offense that then couldn't score points and help us actually win those games. But it's just, it's just been confusing. I feel like last season we talked all of the time about rotating. We kept saying, rotation here, someone's in here. Oh, now so-and-so flipped to this position. And now so-and-so moved here to replace him. And we are just not, seeing any of that creativity, any of that messing around and moving players around. And we, we need it. We actually need it. Last year, we almost, we almost maybe didn't. We could have kind of operated under normal circumstances because there weren't so many injuries. But this year, that's not the case. And maybe you're limiting players by kind of keeping them just stuck in one, in one position. And so, It's it's just, it's just confusing. I mean, it's something that the coaching staff has proved it can do. And yet it's, it's not doing it.
1: And what we're left with M is giants are one in five trade deadline is two weeks away. The draft is however many months away (laughs) and we're, we're, we're left in. All right, let's talk about what this team's going to look like in 2022. And we have to talk about that trade deadline. I think that the Giants, I wrote it the other day, the Giants have to be sellers. I think there's probably, uh, there's probably four or five guys who they have to say, look, if we get a decent offer for Evan Ingram, who probably should have been traded long ago and doesn't have the value that he, you know, the doesn't have the value. At this point that he would have had a year, year and a half ago, mm-hmm. you've got to look at at Lorenzo Carter. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at Jabril Peppers mm-hmm. in the last year of his contract. I mean, I'm sorry. I love Jabril, but Jabril's not going to be a giant next year. I can't, I can't see giving him big money to come back next year. Mm -hmm. You've got to look at James Bradbury, who carries a 20 something million dollar cap hit next year. If somebody's willing to take that off your hands, you almost have to do it. You know, you have to look at Darius Slayton. Shoot, I hate the, I hate the thought, but if somebody's willing to give you a second or third round draft pick for the guy, you probably have to look at moving Sterling Shepard. You know, I I hate the thought of doing that too, but, you know, but the, you know, the one guy that I would not move right now, I would seriously consider, you know, having a long conversation about in the off season and deciding what you want to do, because I can't see giving him a long-term contract at this point is Saquon Barkley, but I cannot see moving him in the next two weeks because right now he's hurt again. He missed all of last year. Right now he has no value. Right now you'd be selling low. My thought on Barkley is get him healthy, get him back for the second half of the season. Let him rebuild some value. That's true. And then if you make the decision that you can't give him a second, a big, you know, second contract, then let your new general manager go out and start yet another rebuild by figuring out what he can get for Barkley.
2: Right. I I absolutely agree. I was going to ask you what you thought about Barkley as you were listing all of the players. I, I, I think that they, they definitely need to be sellers. I think in their right mind, they, they can't sign Barkley to a long-term contract. It's, you know, again, can't control the injuries. And I'm, I'm sure Barkley is extremely frustrated by it, but unfortunately for the giants, you know, we've, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. He hasn't been consistently healthy. And so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to really evaluate him. And it's hard to know what kind of long-term impact he could have. And so spending that type of, that type of money on him also just, it just feels irresponsible, but Largely, I, I agree. I think the Giants need to start thinking larger term. I, I think they need to come up with um, some just some opportunities. They need to either get get rid of some players to create further opportunities that will hopefully just improve the team overall. There's just there's been too many injuries, too much inconsistency. We acquired players in the offseason who have a history of injuries, and that's come back to bite us a little bit. And we, you know. We've talked about that before and I know you can't do anything about it, but we just, we need players who can show up week after week and we'll be accountable about that. And that's, I think that's got to be the priority for the Giants
1: moving forward. Nobody wants to get hurt. Nobody tries to get hurt. Em, but we've talked about it before. Guys like Kenny Galladay, Mm -hmm. guys like Evan Ingram, guys who have injury histories. Are going to continue to get injured. It's mm-hmm. just it, it's it's fairly predictable, you know. Even now, Barkley at this point, it's three years in a row, so it, it's fairly predictable that you know past his prologue a little bit, I guess is what they say, and mm-hmm. and and so it, in a lot of ways, it it it's predictable that you know that we're seeing some of the injuries that we're seeing anyway. Although, as you said, you can't you can't control all of them. And it definitely has something to do with, with. I mean, it has a lot to do with why the Giants are where they are. But the injuries that they've had didn't cost them the week two game against Washington. Didn't cost them the week three game against Atlanta. Decisions that they made, plays that NFL players should make and didn't make. You know, cost mm-hmm. them those games. That's and cool. as bad as it looks right now, the Giants should still be three and three.
2: Right, right. That, that's a great point. It's important to keep perspective on it because that the Washington game was a, a penalty by us that that pushed the field goal back, and then you know, then Dustin Hopkins was able able to make the kick. The Atlanta game is a very winnable game. You know, we able to we were able to bounce back against the Saints, but that was the second straight week of facing a, an inconsistent offense. And we did not dominate at all. We did not find the holes. We did not really assert ourselves and show that we deserve to win, but we could, we definitely could have. And it was just, it was, it really came down to some decision-making and just some poor, poor plays and an inability to step up. And it's a shame because this first half of the season were the games that we really needed to win in order to, even have a shot at being in the conversation of a playoff push. These, we, these were must wins right out of the gate. And now we are just facing an uphill battle up ahead. I mean, we played the Rams this week. We had the Panthers this upcoming week. And then we just, it gets even more difficult with teams like the Bucks and and, and, you know, <laughs> defending Super Bowl champions. Like that's, it's almost laughable. And it's, it's just a shame because even if we were to sneak away one of those games, it, it, it doesn't really matter now because we weren't able to win any of these other winnable games to start off the season.
1: Right. It shouldn't be what it is. Em. It shouldn't be what it is. I mean, you've had games lost that should have been won. Now you have injuries. You know, decimating the lineup and, and, and making it impossible, you know, to compete against these better teams in the league, you know, so, so it's, it's just a really disappointing mess because it was, I was optimistic entering the season that mm-hmm. not that the Giants were going to win 12 games, but that mm-hmm. they would give us a competitive product this season. Hey, before we go, mm-hmm. last question, key question. Uh oh. Are you gonna be in your seat on Sunday?
2: That's a very, very good question. As of right now, I will be there. Yes. Gotta All show right. up. I show up more than the Giants do.
1: Oh <laughs> wow. Oh wow.
2: <laughs> no, I'll be there. If my grandfather's going, I'm going. But that, there you go. That's the. Reason.
1: And your grandfather always goes.
2: Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so that's enough. Does not what we're
1: does, doing. does does he bring a pillow so he can take a nap?
2: You know what's funny. <laughs> I meant to say that earlier. I looked around at one point. I saw people napping. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> there was a guy two rows behind me nodding off, like actually asleep. And then the other guy next to him had his eyes shut. I was. I was like this is dire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, hey, at least they went to the stadium to take their naps. That's
2: true. That's true. I I I that's true. At least they showed up and were there. I but truly the game was putting people to sleep. I can confirm that.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. So so hey You know, when you when you show up on Sunday, you and your grandpa, just wave to the press box, all right? Uh,
2: Yep, I (laughs) will. I will. I always look up at it.
1: (laughs) All right. Em, thank you very, very much. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay with Big Blue View all week for all of our Giants coverage. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast channels. Thank you very, very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
2: Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to Vanta.com slash Vox. That's V-A-N-T-A
0: dot slash Vox for $1,000 off Vanta.
1: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets.